Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve ourselves and our communities. I am super excited today. Today's in a very, very special episode. I have absolutely amazing people on here with me on this episode, so I'm super excited about it. We're going to dig into not only the Enneagram, but we're going to dig into it from different lenses, and we have some amazing people who attended my Kaizen Careers Enneagram program. So I'm super excited. Let's go intro music. excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with Things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy Uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need and BetterHelp's able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you'll get a 10% discount for your first month. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So I want these amazing people to go ahead and introduce themselves to the audience and those listening, because these are people in the Enneagram space and world who are consistently doing their inner work, and they are beast at really doing it, and they're serious about their work. And I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. And I I know them very well, and I really appreciate them for being on the show today. So um, could you introduce yourselves for them? Um, Well, I'm just going to assume that I'll go first because that's kind of our group dynamic. I am Zara Muhammad Ali. I am a yoga instructor, facilitator, Enneagram coach and mentor and writer uh, located in Orlando, Florida. And I was a part of Milton's Kaizen Career Enneagram program. And it was great. Now the six versus nine (laughs) battle who will go next. I will. Of course, I will comply. I'm Sophie. I lead with type six. I met Milton for, I was already following his work and then got to be starstruck when I met him in person for the first time in Nashville when the narrative Enneagram did their first round of intensives there. And ever since then, I've been really closely following his work. And I was so excited when the opportunity came to take a class because his approach is just unique, I think, of all the the resources that I've culled through. And I knew it was not an opportunity to be missed. And I was right. (laughs) Thank you for that. Hi, I am Deanne Smallwood, a school social worker out of Memphis, Tennessee. 
I am a self-pressed nine, been with the Enneagram for about four years now, almost, which is crazy because I'm so difficult with it. Um, but it has been a big part of my life and thankful to Milton for making sure it's a continuous part of my life. Yeah. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Zara, did you mention your number as well? No, that's I Thank you for saying that because as soon as Sophie started talking, I did that thing we talked about where like, I'm like, oh, I went first, but oh, someone said something I should say. I am an Enneagram type too. I am a one-to-one too. And I know Milton through the first Enneagram coaching training. I think both of us did. Yep. Yeah. I have seen him grow and I really think his work is just quite brilliant. If you know Milton, he's done a lot of different trainings. So he has a lot of different lenses to provide you um, information and understanding from. I appreciate that, y'all. I appreciate that. I'm hoping the listeners really get a lot from you all on your work as well. Uh, your own personal work from your type structures. And so if you haven't known, if you don't know, the Kaizen Complete Enneagram program is a certification program on the Enneagram. And so it's a 12-week program that I teach, and I started the cohort this January. And these these wonderful individuals I have on here were part of that first group. And um, they did some really amazing things in it. And so this group was so tight-knit Oh my goodness. They came back one of the sessions and was like, well, I think maybe you should have gave us a little bit more, something more difficult a little bit. And I was like, okay, then I will step my game up. So this so this group did an absolutely amazing job. And I really wanted the audience to be able to hear from different types of their experience with it um, and actually working with the Enneagram in community with other people. So the first question is, what did you discover about yourself and your type structure through the KSEP program? I think I discovered, and allow me to go first, that I will find comfort in anything, <laughs> any way that I can. I mean, like even discovering that I had found comfort in my growth. <laughs> so it was kind of like a, a shaking moment. Like sh- it shook me to be like, dude, you're not done. But yes, you can say that you've come far and find some type of of comfort and peace in that. But at the same time, like you got, you got to keep going. Yes. And I agree. I like that you described that this insight kind of shook you at some point. And I feel a somewhat similar for me, I guess it's more like there's a specific, I can't remember what we were talking about, but it was during one of our either breakout rooms or assignments where we were meeting up between class outside and we were going through whatever the question was. And I said something that I'd never articulated before that just like stuck in my brain ever since. And I've just been just teasing that out. And it was ultimately one of my greatest fears is my power that I know that I'm, I'm powerful, especially as a self-preservation six with the sexual instinct repressed that the really that whole strategy of disempowerment is in recognition that I'm like, if I let this out, who knows what I'll do? Who knows how much I can accomplish? Who knows um, who I might hurt? And when I would stop, I feel like I could just go forever if I let it out. And that, yeah, that's been a big thing that I've been sitting with. Powerful. Zara, what about you? Okay, so I've been trying to tie it down to like one thing I'd say I discovered about my type and myself through this training. And I think There are quite a few things I recognize that I'm not remembering specifically, but one thing that is really prevalent to where I'm feeling right now that I will share is the extent that I, as a one-to-one type, the amount of time I spend 
thinking about or putting other people's needs first, like whether or not I'm like speaking to them. And I think that's something like I was kind of realizing over the course of the training because it was like, I'm coming to this space where, and I think this might be true for a lot of twos or people who are just learning to have boundaries or make adjustments in their lives. And I don't think that's something I'm necessarily learning to do. Now I'm rambling. Anyways, I think the extent to one-to-one types that are, we can put other people first and just be thinking about other people and what's going on with them and what's true for them, forgetting ourselves. And how much my repressed instinct is repressed in my life. How much I will value really wanting to talk to and connect with my people, right? Over like, hey, maybe like don't talk to anyone for 24 hours and just like listen to what you need instead of like listening to what other people want or need because you like would like them to care about you the way you want to actually care about yourself, which is something I knew, but is like, I think something I keep coming to a deeper realization of. Yeah. That, that one-to-one on the heart types, it uh, it kind of doubled down, especially on the two and the four. It doubles down on on them pretty, pretty, pretty strongly. No doubt. Deanne talked about this a little bit about growth. So tell me about in what ways did you grow during the KSEP program? I want to say one way that I really grew was I noticed myself with some of the practices that you taught us checking in on my instincts a lot more and being like, oh, this is like really activated. And like I specifically like in the last week, I've been thinking about what's your repressed or what's your dominant type. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away because I think that's like yours to share with people. But you guys know the practice I'm talking about and I've been using it all week where I'm like, calm it down, calm it down, calm it down, like bring it back, bring it back. And it's been so helpful to recognize because sometimes I don't even think it's activated, but it's like, you've been thinking about someone you haven't talked to since yesterday. You've been thinking about their problems and something they said to you and how you can help them for like 45 minutes. They're not even here and they don't need your help right now. You know, it's be different if it's someone like who needs it. And so it's like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's, I was totally actually going to reference the same practice, (laughs) Um, or at least maybe perhaps not as a response to this question, but I thought it was amazing that you also mentioned it. So I'm definitely going to riff on that, but certainly that, um, is it giving too much away to say visualization? (laughs) It has something to do with visualization. Sign up if you want to find out more. And yeah, it's very practical. It's very simple. And it's very honestly somewhat like humbling. And like you will just shake your head at yourself to think like, wow, this is running so much of my life. This dominant energy from the instinctual center is just, I am getting dragged behind it. (laughs) And the practices that we did with that specifically, I would say that is probably one of the biggest kind of like night and day changes that I've noticed. And again, it's a tool that takes seconds to use. All you have to do is if you got the awareness up, if you've got the observer on, you can notice it, you can do something about it, and then you can go on with your day. Breathe a little more easily. (laughs) Ooh, I hate to throw it out there again, but the visualization. So Milton, now you know it worked. Thank you. (laughs) So it's a mixture of two things. And it's something that you said a couple of times. And I feel like I really didn't hear it until towards like the end of our course. And I'm I'm probably not going to articulate it the way you did, but 
I know what it has done for me on a daily basis. But this idea of like, I am peace because I create peace. And so I kind of get into that mindset every day before I go to work, um, every day before I tackle anything. It's so cool for me to use that to tap into my visualization. And then because I'm so present, y'all, I can like feel it in my body. And it it blows my mind every day. It's It's become almost a habit, but it still just blows my mind every day, like how it really like guides me through my day. I appreciate it. I wish I could see your smile when you were like talking about that. Those are the things that are so awesome. Like when we have an experience inside of yourself, you can't always use words to describe them. We try to describe everything, but you really can't describe experiences necessarily. It's, we can try, but sometimes it's not words for it. It's just like, you know what? That was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Well, I'm glad that one works. And what's really important for people to know, like in the KSEP program, like working with instincts is very important. I think it's looked over in most places, a lot of places in the Enneagram space and world. But uh, that's a big focus because I think it runs our day way more than we even know until we become truly aware of it. I'm definitely glad to hear that. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me this. What would you say is the most challenging part of the KSEP program? You want to meet besides getting all the homework done? I was having similar thoughts. I was like, I don't feel like we can talk about it. That doesn't apply. That's not really at the meat of the question to me, but also on a practical level. (laughs) I mean, just being honest. We all had vivid re-experiences of our academic formative years. It's like, I like doing these assignments, but also there are so many of them. Right. And then we're in a pandemic, right? And trying to live your life and then being in this program that is rigorous on purpose, you know, and I have people coming back like, you know what? Mm, that was quite a bit, you know, you can. So uh, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, but yeah, like the rigor is real. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, as that being, I mean, like, I don't know that that was necessarily the hardest, but I think that that was one of the harder parts of the program, too, because it was like you were never leaving an assignment being like, why the f- did we do that? Um, but like, why did you do that? Every time you're leaving, you're like, oh man, I didn't realize that. Or, oh my gosh, this is a whole new perspective to see this at. And like, that's really challenging to the ego. You know what I mean? Like, like Deanne was saying, like we get comfortable with our growth and like, yeah, I like, I like this amount of growth. This amount of growth is like, you know, comfortable. I can stay here. I can keep doing this. But with the homework and the challenging stuff, it's like, oh, I don't want to look at like, where my pride is coming up in my everyday life. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yes, I do. Because like, hey, that makes me like a better version of myself where I can be like more humble and more present and more authentic and like really genuinely help people. But also like my ego is like, I don't want to do that. It's hard. Um, So I would say, yeah, like the homework is kind of hard. Like having to show up and be present every week is hard. Because I think it's at the beginning, it's really exciting and really fun. And, you know, you're like pumped to do it. And then as the weeks go on, you're like, this is happening in life and this is happening in life. And, you know, it's like life doesn't stop when you start doing something. So I think the hardest part for me was keeping on top of everything. Not because I felt like I had to because I'm going to get a grade, but because I want to, because like I want to grow and I want to challenge myself here. And even though this feels difficult and hard, it's like worth it. Everything you said was so beautiful and on point. So I'm, I'm just like, mic drop. <laughs> Thank you for speaking for the group as always. <laughs> we just tapped into each other's minds. No, that truly, I, I do love as usual. And like, you just 
found the nugget within our initial kind of like lighthearted, humorous answer. And I, it made me realize I'm like, to be completely transparent, I myself have technically not completed the course yet. I'm sitting at like 87%. And it's exactly for the reason that you just articulated so beautifully, Zora, which was that I don't want to just click complete because I haven't sat and done, you know, I think I have like three or four journaling topics. And one day I just like sat down and wrote all the information I needed out in a notebook so that I can visit them and give them the time that I think they're due because I, I want to do it fully and get the most out of that reflection. And I've found that ever since I kind of like wrote them out, I've been thinking about them all the time and noticing, I'm like, I think I'm getting way more out of it from having not done it when assigned and Honestly, I'm like, I don't know that this was a challenge, I think, because I did feel, if anything, it was funny to me, Zara, when you were like, at the beginning, it's exciting. And I was like, at the beginning, I didn't trust anybody and I didn't know how things were going to go. Um, <laughs> and then it reversed from almost instantly too. And I, I think this is a potential challenge that I didn't experience. But if any one person had decided not to really just bring their full, honest self, the experience would have been so much different. So that's a potential channel challenge that I think we avoided, but it does put a little bit of, you know, like you want to not be that one person that <laughs> jumps the ball that week. And I found that almost instantly, probably by the second or third session, we were so comfortable with each other that that wasn't an issue for me that I, you know, no matter where I was, I felt comfortable showing up to class at that level. No matter what I had gotten done, I felt comfortable being there and being honest. So, you know, like how many times did we have our first breakout group and say, like, did anybody do the homework? Uh, let's just make something up for our share to the class. And it was always, you know, we always still got something out of it. I think it was a little bit challenging or would have been more challenging in the past, I think, for me to make the decision to not do homework, probably because of like, as I would often say, like a Sophie of the past might have really struggled with that. But I think because of the comfort level with the group at large, and then also with you as the facilitator, it was not difficult for me to be like, you know what, I think the thing that actually is going to make me grow this week is to not bring myself out trying to get everything done. Like that's the real growth edge for me is to own my inner guidance, which is saying like, do these two and don't do that one. And you know, be willing to say that to Milton's face if he challenges you on it, because you know he's not going to. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I would say uh, the biggest challenge for me, and Sophie kind of touched on like what ended up being a great part about it, but for me, it was loving to learn, but also being in a program where you're learning about yourself. Um, <laughs> so it's like, every day or every class I learned something about myself and it's I'm focused on that and so I'm like dang but I'm focused on this so I can't pay attention to like what this looks like for the one the two the three and you know I would like be trying to force myself to be present without like thinking about this huge bomb Milton dropped on us and like so trying to do all of this at the same time but the cool part about it um like Sophie said the trust and the comfort that grew. Because if you think about what we're doing, like I'm not the only one experiencing this. So everybody else is like trying to pick their pieces up while listening to everybody else's piece. But that comfort and that trust, we were in a place to share it. And so I still got to learn 
about what it looks like for the two, the three, and the four. So it was a challenge um, in a lot of ways, but also it kind of, it was a challenge that presented something good. Thank you. Yes, I, I see people are snapping on here. Um, so tell me this. This just popped up. This came up for me. Tell me about you, you all's group dynamics and the support that you had um, with your group. Because your group, like, I'm talking about super solid throughout, like, the, it's a, the mesh. Y'all meshed so, so well. Tell me about y'all group dynamics and support that was, like, in y'all group. I mean, the first sentence that like came into my mind, I feel like this is so stereotypical, but I'm like, I would die for them. <laughs> no question. I'm like, these are people who have, I'm like, I support what they're bringing to the world and the work that they're doing on themselves so unquestioningly um, that I'm just like, if they needed anything, I would be there. And the truth is that I'm like, they carry me all the time. So I always felt showed up to class like they've got me, um, which is why I'm like, that's the teeter-totter, of course, that it's like when I feel that supported, then of course, I'm like, I will escalate this to the highest level possible. <laughs> I'm like, if we, the world descends into anarchy and either of them sets up like a kingdom, I will be there on the front lines for them. <laughs> yes, that made my eyes water. Yeah, no, I'm, I was like, dissociate from this a little bit so you don't start bawling. Um, I'm just watery-eyed enough to be hearing <laughs> and not, you know, try, like fully sobbing about how much I love you both. Um, <laughs> but really, uh, each of us is really committed to our own work and where we are and we believe in what we're doing and we really support each other and believe what the other, each other is doing. And I think there is something about being in an Enneagram group and being in a group where it is specific that you guys like, Hey, every week we're going to talk about how our egos are messing up our lives. Um, <laughs> and there is space for real honesty for that because there's no judgment. Cause you can come and say like, oof, like I did this thing this week, or, you know, I'm really stuck in this thought, or I can really see this emotional habit playing up for me right now. And um, for those other people to first and foremost understand what that is and be working on that in themselves just creates this really beautiful and wonderful space for openness, for uh, connection, real authentic relationship, you know, to take place. And uh, I also am just really grateful that like I don't know if this is necessarily has to do anything with it, but like, it's really great that our group was like one head type, one heart type, one body type, where it was like, we kind of balanced each other out in different ways. And I'm not saying like, you have to be one of each group for it to be a good group. Cause that's not true at all. But um, that was one thing I really loved is we really were able to get this perspective of like what it was like for each to kind of see the world through these different centers. And that created a lot of space for connection and love and understanding and just, yeah, the Enneagram in general. Someone please take over before I talk. Love to hear you. Love to. No, wow. Like both of you touched on big things. But I think for me, it's really cool because they are in two different centers. It's like I got what I knew and I got what I needed from um, being in a group with both of them. 
Um, so just, I mean, you guys can hear them talk. So you kind of know, like my mind was always blown. Um, but I think listening to Sophie, it's kind of, she kind of gets me there because she speaks in how I know. And like, she speaks in what I know. And so that's really cool. Cause I can just, I can just zone in and just tune into everything she's saying, but then she gets me to this place. And then when Zara starts to talk, she talks from a place of feeling. And that's something that I need. That's an area of growth for me. And so Sophie pulls me in and then Zara gives me like the rest that I need. She puts like the cherry on top. Um, And so it's a really, really cool dynamic. I think I knew there were so many different times I knew like it was real, real. But I know for one time with Sophie, we like logged on and it was almost one of those days where it's like, I really shouldn't go to class because I'm just in a place and I'm not going to get what I need to get out of it. And I'm probably going to give people poo, but came anyway. And I think the first thing we did, Milson was like, we're going to break out into random groups. And I was like, bro, like, look, that's the last thing I need. <laughs> we broke out into our groups and then all of a sudden Sophie just popped on my screen and y'all, I started crying. Like, I was so happy to see that girl that I just started crying because I just, it was like, please don't put anybody else in here because they're going to get a version of me that I just don't want to be passing out on Milton's platform. But saved by the Sophie. So that was great. And then later on in our program, Zara went through some stuff and I just thought, I'll go to Florida. I will go to Florida. And if you know how I feel about Florida, no, I love that girl. Like, I do not mess with Florida. But and so I was like, I'll go to Florida. Let's go. I, I need to go where Zara is. And if that is Florida, it is what it is. So I knew it was real with them. Um, that's a real deep kind of love because as someone who even lives in Florida, I have a lot of feelings about Florida. So I very much, very much understand this. I think that's the one of the most amazing parts about the program. The unity you have like with your home group and with the whole group, but especially with your home group, there's like there's this connection that you make that's a lifelong connection. Like literally because you've been doing the work with other people who have hearts that have been open to you and connected to you and you've been able to really be yourself and say what you really need to say so that you could be healthy and get some of the gook out, you know. So like I, I am extremely excited. Um, my heart is super warm uh, because of, like, the connection that y'all, like, actually really created in the work that y'all were doing. You know, it was like, one of y'all may text me, like, hey, such and such, I'm working with such and such, we'll do that. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't even know. Such and such is going to be late. They're on their way. Like, okay, all right, cool, appreciate it. And, like, it was a really a covering and a connection uh, that everyone had. And we did this virtual, y'all. We didn't even show up in, like, physical person. We did this virtually, right? And y'all have a connection as thick as, I don't know, thick as thieves, as they say. It's, like, super thick. So, like, that's absolutely amazing. I love that uh, about it. So, the uh, next question is, what was the most rewarding part of being in KSO? So, we have to talk about something other than home groups now, then. I You can fold it over in there, because I know that part was probably... As you both, I saw all three of y'all spoke, you could hear just how amazing it was. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I will obviously say home group. I loved our whole group and it was really nice to connect with everyone. And whenever we were in random groups, it was never like I felt disconnected. There was always able and space to connect with others. 
but yeah, having the same home group over time and watching each other grow, that was really rewarding. Me as a two, I really like seeing my people, you know, doing their thing. And I'll say the most rewarding part for me is the level of like growth. Okay. Because as, as uh, Milton and I, we've done a lot of uh, trainings where it's like for the weekend or for the week or for five days. So if we've done it yet, we've done these things where it's like, you're doing them and they're intensive, right? Um, but there was something very rewarding about coming back to the same group every week and the same people and the same routine and looking at how we have grown and looking at how each other have grown and like, you know, seeing the growth through our peers through this group, I think was really rewarding and like getting to implement practices because we're doing them every week, because we're talking about it every week um, where things become ingrained and things feel more natural as a process, as opposed to like, I feel like when you go to intensives, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be like this forever. And I know myself in such a deep way now, and it's going to be so great. And you go back to your everyday life and the people in your life are still the people in your life. Like they didn't go to this training. They don't know all of this stuff about themselves and the world and each other. Like you've taken the time to understand in a weekend, like when you're doing it consistently over time, I think you really see the integration in your life and it, it becomes a way to make it um, more sustainable, which I really appreciate. Finger snaps. I see fingers snapping. The sustainability, I agree. And it was very surprising to me to learn that initially this whole concept for KCEP had been like short time frame, traditional intensive style teaching. And I was just like, Milton, listen, I remember, I remember on our last night, we were, our power was out. And I was like sitting with these candles on either side of me with my sister, who is also in the program. And we were like both looking at a phone screen. And I was like, look, Milton, you have to keep some version of this that does the 12 week because it's just so, it's so different. Not that, and I'm like, there's benefits to both styles, but it was something that I had never experienced before. It was kind of like this, um, you know, at sometimes it did feel like a heavy commitment, but heaviness isn't always bad. It's not like something restrictive. It's like a blank, the, the reason that we like to sleep with blankets on, because it makes us feel like safe. And I'm like, wait, okay, wait, probably, I feel the self-press nodding. We're like, yeah, blankets. <laughs> Um, <laughs> self-prayers party here um, <laughs> love me some blankets yeah you know it was like I'm really choosing this for me and for the people in this group and especially to be doing it virtually to be only knowing each other in this strange like other dimension of um, <laughs> the pandemic context where we were then also like coming out of these heavy real world events into this realm where it was like, let's work with this gently and lovingly, you know, like we had huge events happen during the course of this first class, like the snowstorms are come to mind. And we had people who came, who called in from hotels in Texas to attend class. And I'm like, if that, if you want to understand the level of commitment that people brought to this program and what is awaits you should you choose to venture into this lovely offering. That's what we're talking about. And it's because it, the benefit of being there was so great that I'm like, it was a form of healing for people to be here. And I certainly felt that even though, you know, I'm like, I didn't have anything quite as extreme happen in my experience, but even if you have a crappy week, like that, that anchor of at least I'm going to have class this Thursday <laughs> and that's going to be my chance to kind of, it's a forced 
slow down and it built a habit, you know, like the first Thursday that we didn't have class, my, my body wanted to be here. <laughs> it felt weird. It was like, what's going on? I, I guess in general, my since too long to read the community for sure is the the thing that I feel like was the an amazing takeaway. Definitely. I agree. The community, I think of like two big rewarding parts and the community was definitely a big one because I mean, for some people, their Enneagram community might be large um, and some it might be limited. So just being able to be around people, even if it's virtually that um, know the language, that use the language and you don't have to like stop and explain why you're saying something. And, you know, so it's definitely that sense of community there. Uh, and it kind of just it kind of takes away some of the layers. Like, I don't have to explain what it means to be a type nine. I don't have to explain this part. I don't have to do this part. So just being able to just move forward and go in that. And so that was really cool because I feel like I don't get that very often, even though I'd be trying to pull my friends in. They're just a little difficult like me. But, um, and I think the other rewarding part of it, so I look at the course as a whole and Milton did a really good job of like, really encompassing like what the Enneagram is and like to do so like that self-awareness how it looks like with you in general and like with other people and then like what do we do with this self-awareness because I think like if I know all of this stuff and like that's great but like what's my next step and Milton was like oh this is it like here you go and so that was really cool because even for someone like me who <laughs> was moving very slowly through the process. <laughs> and at times felt like I was getting dragged along <laughs> by everybody else. But because it was a part of the course to like learn these things, to understand these things. And also you have this work and you have these tasks at hand that are going to help you tap into all this stuff that you're learning. So even if it took me weeks or two after what we were talking about or weeks or two after the course, like it was made available to me because Milton built this course with so much intention. And so, of course, yeah, I, I arrived to the party late, but the foundation I was given and like all the stuff that came along with the party, like I could still enjoy myself. I could still turn up with the rest of the community and it was OK. And it was perfectly fine the way that it happened. If you came in late, you were definitely fashionable. So that's what's up. I think one thing to honor you three, I think something amazing you all did, which I really appreciated, is that like realizing that there's home groups inside of a bigger group. And in our big group, there we have people going through all sorts of things. Like, and that's it's real life. And I really appreciate you three for for stepping up and being able to help different members in the community, because that's the best part about it. It's like I'm the teacher facilitator, but I don't have all the gifts and the traits and everything that you all do. And like you can mesh and connect with other people, you know, in ways that I would not be able to do. And so that's the beauty of the Enneagram and the community, like when you do it in community, like in a community form. Uh, so I want to thank all you three for that because y'all, literally all three of y'all really stepped in and helped different people at different times, including each other. But uh, outside of your home group, y'all really, really helped um, in some areas. So I really thank you for that. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So now now I have a few questions that are a little bit outside the program because I, I want people to hear a little bit from your type structure, maybe what you're working on or what you're doing now. So... Uh, my question is, we're coming out of this pandemic, slowly but surely, we're coming up out of this crazy thing, right? So how has your type structure 
shown up in healthy and unhealthy ways um, during this pandemic. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. All right. Well, I'm always happy to talk first and I do have an answer for this one. So I will say unhealthy ways my type structure has shown up during this pandemic. I will say like it has been where my type structure will be reaching out to other people, um, particularly friends and family and stuff and be like, oh, let me check in on so-and-so. Got to make sure they're okay. Let me make sure. Because what I'm actually doing is like, I would like people to check up on me, but actually I am not checking up on me. I'm reaching out to other people, hoping that if I keep checking up on other people, they'll check up on me. And I noticed I was doing that a lot in the beginning of the pandemic. And so that's one way I've noticed. I had to do it today where I was like, you're feeling really anxious um, and you really want to just call someone and, see how they are. But like, you don't want to see how they are. You want them to ask how you are so you can talk about your day. And it's like, well, well, what can you do instead? Like, maybe can you go like write about it in your journal? Or can you just like go put a voice memo on and just like talk for five minutes straight and see like what you like or whatever, you know? And I think, um, so that's kind of healthy ways that my type has been showing up as well is that uh, when I notice these things are coming up, uh, because I've had a lot of time alone because we spend quite a bit of time at home now that it's been, I've had a lot of time with myself where I'm like, ah, oh, no, like I have to check in with me. And so I think that's one way I've really noticed myself showing up for myself more, even if it's like, I keep having to do it in different layers of my life. Sorry, do you have a like high side story to, <laughs> to balance it out, balance the scales? Cause I'm, I'm like, I know that you've probably been some people's freaking lifelines. <laughs> See, okay. This is where I think I'm struggling is because high side of two and supporting other people to me doesn't, I don't even register that as stuff I've been doing. So you're like, Oh, has it showed up nicely? And I mean, I guess it's been learning how to be a better friend and like actually ask people what they need and like when like, and drawing boundaries with other people where it's like, Hey, I cannot do this, but I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, or I can't do this now, but in two weeks, yes, I can. I feel like as a two part of me wants to talk about how supportive I've been to my friends and how much I've done for people and things I've done, you know, but like, I truly think, and I, I think for twos, it's really dangerous to talk about how you help other people. Um, I do. I, I know there are ways that I help people that is not selfish. It is like not pride motivated. It is not ego motivated. And I feel like I do it quite regularly, but, um, bringing any kind of awareness to that feels real quick. Like I'm going to puff my chest up and show everyone how great I am, which is like kind of gross. Pride is, I think the hardest thing. And for twos who are listening to this, who have pride, 
or maybe who don't acknowledge they have pride, you do. Um, we all do. We have it every day. Literally, I got into a fight with my friend a couple of weeks ago about like something really, not a real fight, but like a little thing. It was something so stupid. And she was like trying to explain her point and I was just like not willing to hear it. And then she was like, look, I feel like I'm trying to understand you and I'm trying to connect with you. And you're just like really like not hearing it. And I was like, I just started crying. And I was like, dude, this is pride right now. I'm feeling such effing pride right now. I'm like, it opens up a space for so much more connection and love and reciprocation in for other people. So if you are too struggling with pride, it's okay. You can be wrong. Be, be wrong. Be super wrong. We've been doing this for so long that this is, I don't even know the difference anymore, which I, <laughs> I'm not happy about that. I will say it, it was like, I'm so pressed. So y'all want me to do what? Okay, I'm going to do that. That's great. And it wasn't really a problem. Like, <laughs> I felt like I was shining. I love that. Inside, I'm by myself. I got my space. It's how I want it. This is good. And people cannot get to me because we in a pandemic. So you got to be on your own and I got to be on my own. And that was lovely. Um, And I even like created certain habits, like make sure I took walks. And I even like set goals for myself as far as like getting certain licensures. And and I set like steps to it and I fulfilled those steps. Like, you know, I was doing all this stuff. And then it was like in the midst of the pandemic, like, other things in the world were still happening. And it kind of took me out of that that space and took me into that self-pres where you haven't heard from Dan in six, seven weeks. I really don't even know what's going on because I'm two days behind on things. And, and of course, not even being aware that any of it is going on. And so like fighting that part of, of my type and my instinct was hard because at the same time that all this stuff is going on, and I'm by myself, I'm by myself. And as much as I love to say like, that's my thing, that's not what I needed. So big big parts of the challenge were expressing my needs. So it was like at the same time, like those were, I was in a very unhealthy part, but I was forcing myself to communicate what I needed from people. And it may have happened maybe three out of the six times, but that's like two more times than usual. So challenging, difficult, definitely some unhealthy parts, but there were some parts where it was like, I am giving myself what I need. And that's a big deal for me. On this conversation with three self-pres dominant and I'm a self-pres repressed. And this conversation is very different in my mind because I have been like, struggling all year. I'm like, how do you, how do people take care of them? They take care of themselves and they put themselves first all the time. You're always thinking about things you need. And I'm like, this is exhausting. So it's been good in ways where I'm like learning and stuff, but man, you guys, you people like, poof, I don't know how you do it. I just would rather be, let's, let's be friends. Let's just focus on you. I can't think about my needs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the type six structure is the kind of like low hanging fruit. For, <laughs> um, I feel like in some ways, not only did we all have to experience a little bit, of, regardless of our where we lead instinctually and in terms of core type, we all got to be <laughs> different kinds of sixes and different kinds of self-pressing during the pandemic. Which actually, I feel like 
is in the very kind of stupid to, stereotypical way. It's uh, like, thank you. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for finally understanding how we should be feeling all the time. Um, <laughs> your lives are constantly in danger and any sense of safety is an illusion and a fallacy. Um, so you're right on board. I will say <laughs> sometimes that looks like, you know, of course, especially like the first spring during the pandemic, that's like anytime my allergies flared up, that you would have like sad Sophie sitting, like laying down, being like, I have it, don't I? I have COVID. And I, I live with this old president who eventually went, like looked me in the eye and was like, You will know when you have this disease. And it was actually a really great message to receive. Um, and I was like, Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I do have that ability. Um, so, I mean, just like so, so many cheers to what Deanne was describing in terms of, I feel like the joy of self-prize being like, I have all this energy now that I don't have to spend it, like reinforcing my boundaries against an intruding, like all the things. And so I loved the slowdown. It was difficult on an inner level to be like, people are dying but my day-to-day -day experience is actually somewhat like idyllic and lovely and, you know, promoting my health. <laughs> and I think the slowdown part for me allowed me to do a little more, like I kind of had to, but I also didn't have to and chose to, I guess, to a certain degree. I'll give myself some credit there. Kind of step up and be a little more empowered in my work life. Um, I don't think I mentioned this because it's not a lot to write home about, but I'm a freelance house cleaner and I like raised my prices during the pandemic. I had to like negotiate boundaries around like appointments. And I've just, especially, I feel like at the beginning of this year to now, so much change. I've just adopted this practice of like, if I think about doing it, I just say it instead of, I don't give myself a chance to doubt it, that it's like I immediately push back against it. So it's like all these kinds of silly things where I, in the past, I feel like I would have spent a lot of time being like, oh, you know, I, I haven't heard from this client. I wonder if they want me to come. And I'm like, oh, just text them and ask them, do they want you to come tomorrow, Sophie? Come on. <laughs> and then I do. And it's been great. Um, so that's been very lovely on a higher side. And I... Yeah, I think I, I built some trust in myself by having navigated this whole experience. There's also been a lot of struggle. Interestingly, I feel like my repressed instincts got challenged a lot, that one-to-one, -one, because even though I did have connection to a pretty nice web of people, I would find that I I had a hard time negotiating those boundaries because I feel like I, for some reason, have attracted a lot of one-to-one -one energy into my life. And would feel like I owed, you know, I was like, well, it's the pandemic, like there's no one else they can connect with, there's no one else they could talk to. And sometimes that meant that I wouldn't stand my ground. I, it's much always much harder for me interpersonally than in other areas of life to take that stand because of course the fear is like, if I displease my ally, they will not be there for me in my time of need and support me. And I shall compromise my entire elaborate web of relations that are meticulously designed from vetted individuals <laughs> for my own self-preservation schemes. But I call them friends for short. Um, <laughs> it's a little peek under the hood <laughs> of the, the six brain. 
At least this one's. <laughs> that was one of the greatest things I've ever heard strung together like that. I am thankful you said that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, that self-press thing is so real during the pandemic. At first, I was like, cool. I'm good. My food comes to my house. I order it. The first 77, almost 80 days, I stayed in the house. I didn't go anywhere, literally. And I was okay. I ended up having to get a new battery because my car battery uh, corroded because I hadn't drove it in uh, that amount of time. Um, but I was actually okay. You know, I had some people checking in on me like, you're a seven, you're okay. I'm a self-pressed seven. I'm good. I'm really good. Like, trust me. Like, I'm, I'm really good. Then I have people to contact. Like, you know, you have one-to-one -one type to contact when a self-pressed. Like, let me text them. I know they always up for a good text combo or something. You know, it's like, let me go on. And, um, so I, I really appreciate that. And so, looking at it, Deanne alluded to this a little bit earlier. Even today, it has been rough. Other things have been going on. And we're talking about social justice issues. And it's been heavy. So, during the, the pandemic, as your, your type of your instinct, how has the social injustice going on impacted you? And how have you been, like, coping with it, working through it? And what things are you doing to, you know, further combat this unfortunate systemic issues that we're having in our society when it comes to police brutality. That's the biggest thing. Um, and then white supremacy, right? So what are some things from like your standpoint of what you're doing or what you're working with and how you cope with it with your Enneagram type uh, and your type structure? So I think a big thing is I'm a nine. So like anger is huge. Ooh. <laughs> So it has taken me on this, this wild ride, but honestly, truly, it's like, at first it was like, okay, I know I'm angry, but like everybody's angry. Like, so it is what it is. And I used to, when it first started, I would see myself in anger as like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type situation. Like it wants to come out and I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, cause we need to be like level-headed about these things like you basically you need to preserve your peace and then as things go went on because they just kept going on it went from a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde to a, a Bruce Banner and Hulk type situation so it was like instead of these things like peeking out at me and it coming out sideways and and me like almost exploding from the inside because I'm not letting it do what it needs to do set it off, set it off. And I find out when I let it go and I turned into the Hulk and I was mad. I'm talking about mad as hell, angry that after a while, I just, I just cry because ultimately like, sure, I'm angry, but I'm heartbroken. Like I am, I literally feel like I'm breaking because I'm so hurt. And so it really just, one just highlighted the importance of, of letting myself be angry. And also like it highlighted like what anger looks like and what it does for me. And so as angry as I don't want to be, if I'm really protecting my peace, if I'm really going to find peace, I have to let myself be as mad as I want to be because it's going to help me get to whatever is actually behind that anger. I love when Deanne speaks truth because sometimes she says something that's just so powerful that there's literally nothing you can say after it other than just the silence. 
And that's why we love Deanne. Uh, ways I have been coping and managing is having space with BIPOC folk and listening to other people and hearing what they have to say um, and just taking care of myself and a lot of rest. But I think uh, what's more important is what I, as a brown person with proximity to whiteness, has been doing in the world. And I think one thing I've been really uh, trying to be more vocal about is my stance. Like I, of what I stand for, calling out people when they say things, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Yeah, no, I'm like saying I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm not saying that's like what I do. I'm just saying as a South Asian person, there is so much within the Asian communities uh, that I feel like needs to be brought up and combated um, about beliefs of colorism, anti-Blackness, of white supremacy, of colonization that are so deeply ingrained into our cultures. Um, and so a uh, big work for me of what I've been doing is talking to my friends, talking to my family, having uncomfortable conversations and making um, my views heard and continuing to educate myself so that when I have conversations with my family members, with people in my lives, to be providing education to them as opposed to just getting my uh, feelings involved in it, which as a two um, is very easy because I have a lot of feelings and it's easy to let that cloud what I want to say or what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to get across. And I also think another big important thing is there are places and times to write off people uh, where, you know, it's like they're unreachable or they're trying to reach them is damaging to my health as a person of color. Um, but I also think it's really important to keep having conversations with your friends, your white friends or allies, people who want to be, you know what I mean? And not just writing someone off. I think that is a big thing that I'm really focusing on doing is like, I don't want to write you off. I don't think that's applicable to everyone, obviously, but there are a lot of people who want to be better, but don't know how. And I think just holding space and inviting space or inviting people into that conversation. Yeah, setting those healthy boundaries where it's like inside of these boundaries, you can communicate with me as long as you bring something that's not harmful to me. But if you can't do that, you can stay outside these boundaries until then. So, yeah. What about you, Sophie? Yeah, well, I think it is important to state, especially since this will be audio, like I am the one white person on this call. I am really grateful to have grandparents who are not from the United States or from North Africa. So I am, I feel like that was a huge advantage in terms of being open to like being very aware from a young age that monolithic white experience was not my experience. Um, I have white privilege. I have a white body that will not activate the same type of reactions from law enforcement or even like stores clerks. I'm like, there. it's immensely visible to me in that way. Um, there have been a few instances where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the conditions were, but especially one of my other sisters who is, runs into issues where people will just kind of, I'm like, we don't always really know what's behind the prejudice, but has had kind of seemingly <laughs> race inspired interactions. So it's I, I think a long time ago, I had to kind of swallow a acknowledgement of that, that it, like let go of, you know, it's like you have access to these other perspectives from your background, but that doesn't change. It's like, it doesn't matter how you feel or what your racial identity is. It, whiteness is about how people are reacting to you, Sophie. Um, and then 
the thing that kept coming up to me over and over again is that saying of the six being numb from the head down. And this is not something that you want to engage only from your head. It is something that requires the heart. It is something that requires the body. And in terms of the heart, it's about, you know, when you check your email and you have all the messages about violence, state-sanctioned murder, a complete lack of justice and accountability, and not only in the United States, all across (laughs) the world, that it's easy to feel from a head perspective overwhelmed, like you don't have enough information and you don't know who to trust. Now that's easy. I'm like, it was very easy to make it a like trust, <laughs> trust shift in terms of like, listen to the people who are being impacted easy, but that's also not a monolith of opinions and goals and ideas of how to handle things correctly. I've really enjoyed from a, I guess a head center doing the work of unpacking that and listening to the full spectrum of ideas that are have already existed for a long time of solutions to the level of violence and militarism across the world, especially towards black and brown bodies. But yeah, being able to read that, you know, see a piece of news and let it touch my heart and not let that be a debilitating experience to just feel it. And that goes directly into where I feel like the body belongs in this conversation, which is use that feeling, use that feeling to do something. And then obviously I'm like, we just talked about (laughs) pandemic context in general. So it's like already difficult to imagine putting my body in danger. But when you add on a layer of like, am I going to go to this protest during a pandemic too? And, you know, I did a couple of (laughs) times. And I was okay, which is always a good experience to have. But I also am constantly, I spend so much energy thinking about like, when the moment comes where I'm able to do something, am I going to do it? Am I going to freeze or am I going to be able to do what needs to be done in the situation? Because I think at the the end of the day, it's like, I do know, I do, I do know what needs to happen and what I would need to do even if it was something small, you know, I'm like, of course I escalate to the extremes where it's like, are you going to be able to, you know, like pull over and film something on your phone? I'm like, this is the type of thing I think around when I'm like driving around experiencing my day, but it's also like being prepared to push back against a friend who makes a comment that's casually uninformed. Um, Even if it's not overtly racist to be like, okay, but let me push you a little further. And it's also recognizing, I think again, as all of the head types to some degree probably struggle with not having all the answers and the fact that it's not really an issue where you can have all the answers and you can't anticipate what is going to happen. Thank you all for sharing. I appreciate that. And I've appreciated getting to be a part of these conversations and home group, especially, and I've learned a lot from your experiences and felt very grateful for that time and energy that you share with me. And Sophie, you said two things super powerful at the very beginning of this, and I don't even know if you realized it. When we first came on, you said, I would die for these two. You, that, that was one thing. So you said, I would die for these two. And then the other thing you said is, 
my greatest fear is that I'm actually very powerful. And so that right there is so impactful for you to say. Like, that is, like, powerful. And I, and I have no doubt if it ever comes to that time, we pray it doesn't come to something drastic, that um, you'll do what needs to be done, you know? So, gosh, I oh, I love y'all. Oh, ooh, I'm going to get in my feelings on here. Okay. Just a few more questions because uh, they didn't know that part was even coming, by the way, but it just kind of led there. And I really want to hear their perspective because the way that they live their lives is ways that honor humanity. A lot of times when we don't make sure that we are doing things that are for humanity, meaning that we explore inside of ourselves so we can do service for outside of ourselves to the world, we are betraying humanity. Um, and that includes ourselves. Uh, like Dr. E says, Dr. Egerton, who's, um, I would say, probably leading the way in the Enneagram space for DE&I plus Enneagram. One of her things is that it will show up to your door no matter who you are. It, like, even if it's not affecting you right now, it's going to show up to your door. Rather it's your son, your daughter, marry somebody from a different race. Rather it shows up at your job somewhere. It's going to show up. And so the thing is, because we're all humans, we're all in this thing together. When we honor humanity, we actually can actually make a difference. And so... It's very important that we actually really be talking about these issues and understand how they impact us. Because the pandemic and actually dealing with these issues, I know for goodness sake, it was rough on a brother. Like, as a seven, my personality type didn't want to deal with it. It wanted to, you know, it got the flea part of it. It wants to be like, ah, nah, not really, you know. But there were days where I couldn't get out the bed. And I know I've, I've texted, I know Zara, I know she got texts. I was just like, she was like, you okay? How you doing today? I was like, I just didn't move. Like, I, I didn't move. I, didn't, I wasn't sleeping. I just could not move. My body was just that worn out, that heavy, that tired. So, so it was a lot. So just making sure that we are making sure we're checking in with these things and then checking on each other is so important uh, in this space uh, that we're doing this work. I want a last question that I want you to answer. And then I want you to talk to anyone who may be on the fence about possibly joining the KSEP program because I got people because it's limited slots and people have to understand because it's not going to be super big. It's going to be 20 at max. And to me, that's almost too much because like I, I want people who are dedicated, who are serious about doing the work and working with each other. The first question is I want you to, let's see, is it actually a question or a statement? No, it's actually a statement. So I want you to kind of tell someone who is of your uh, Enneagram type structure like, what is one piece of advice you would give to them, period, based on your own journey, okay? Say they haven't made it to where you are in your journey and say, what's one piece of advice that you would give them, okay? And then the other one is just, like, talking to someone saying, like, if you're on the fence, here's a reason why you maybe should go ahead and go over. For any type twos listening to this podcast, the first advice that came to me, which I've already given on in a different episode of this podcast, is you are not nice. I don't call yourself nice ever. Um, <laughs> you want to be authentic because being authentic uh, means giving when you can and saying no when you can't um, and being okay with that and not needing people to like you. But I want to say a bigger thing for anyone who maybe didn't listen to that episode or has listened to that episode, um, expanding on that further is find yourself a community of people who can actually see you. And I, I believe that Enneagram is really great for this because as twos, you, like Deanne was saying, you don't need the language. The language is already there. Get people who can understand and see you and know, hey, this person might struggle a little bit with telling me what they need. 
maybe I'll just double check and ask them. You know what I mean? Being able to have conscious connection where people are going to say, oh, I recognize this is a struggle for you. I'm going to double check with you, you know? Not like saying it's on other people to check on me or to check on twos or to check on anyone, but just the ability to build community where you feel seen and supported and can actually talk about two stuff. Because if you're listening to this, you probably want to grow. And the biggest growth spaces for me yeah, you can grow on your own and it's really important to grow on your own, but to grow in community where people can see you and you can let down the the pride that you, we all feel, you will feel and grow much. You'll feel a lot better um, and you'll grow a lot. And for anyone on the fence about uh, this course, I will say as someone who's attended a lot of Enneagram trainings, it doesn't matter how much you know or you don't know, this is a really brilliant place either. It doesn't matter whether you're a first time, whether you've been in training before, like this is such a great place because it offers people information at all type levels, or not all type, but all like uh, knowledge levels of the information, whether you're just learning about it, whether you've known about it for so many years. Like I've worked with the Enneagram for like at least 10 years and I got so much benefit out of this even more than I've gotten out of some of the trainings that I've done. And I will say that's because of uh, Milton's intention and impact of like really putting this whole course together. He put a lot of time and energy and thought into it. And even with creating groups and exercises and everything you do on this course is really hand-selected and really thought out. So yeah, you will get a lot out of it. And it's honestly better than a lot of the trainings I've done. So of course, as a nine, I always like... Not always. Um, later in my journey, touch on the anger. Um, that's big for us. But I think as I'm growing, to be mindful of not just what that anger looks like in a present moment, but what it looks like as far as like the past. So looking at resentment and how that can play uh, a part in your life and our type structure, as well as being mindful of in thinking of anger in the present, like how it affects your actions and your words in the sense of passive aggressiveness. That's something that I learned a lot about through this course. And yeah, it's something that I'm familiar with without knowing what the name was and then knowing what the name of it was. So that was big. But also in those moments that you're present and it's big for us to not be seen and not not make ourselves a big deal, but in those moments that you're present and you tap into your potential and kind of like Sophie said, the power that you have really holding on to those moments because it's going to give you insight into your potential. And once you have a certain amount of insight into your potential, you cannot deny it. Even as a nine, it's going to cause, even if you try to deny it, it's going to cause an internal conflict and we don't like that. So do something about it, get in that body, get action oriented about it. And if you are struggling to do things like that, look at this plug, take Milton's course because <laughs> he's about to tell you all about your life, all about it. But it's, it's good information. You can see it in real time. If you are at a certain point, it can be very humbling. It did that for me a lot. Um, but it also is very nurturing at the same time because, again, it encompasses all the great parts about the Enneagram. So it's like, dang, I am exposed. I am revealed. Like, this is the, the ridiculous things that I do. 
but here is how you address them. And also like, here's a little bit about where it comes from and why it shows up in your life. So again, that self-awareness, but also the opportunities for self-mastery, self-actualization. So it kind of gives you a great roadmap as you are actively learning and actively getting instruction from Milton, who has so much doggone energy and so much joy as it pertains to life in general, but also the Enneagram. So it's really hard to not be in tune and not want to know what's going on. Yeah, just getting your pulse on the finger of that, the frequency of doubting, the addiction to doubting, the compulsion for doubt, and being, I'm like one beautiful, I think these two superpowers apply to the head in general, but, um, and of course, being the reigning sovereigns of the head triad, (laughs) sixes, my dears, um, imagination and curiosity these are two of our superpowers that we use against ourselves to imagine horrible situations and be grotesquely curious about (laughs) all the bad things that can happen but you can repurpose those in the service of learning more about yourself uh gently kindly inquiring why Why am I doing this? What is the reason behind this? And I'm like, you've got the brain to figure it out. I often feel like when I think about the amount of power that I could harness, if someone was just able to like take my, the energy that I spend thinking, like, wow. So use that. You're already generating it. Use that electric spark from your neurons and, (laughs) and put it towards something that is meaningful for you and will actually create you the type of safety and security and sense of holding that you're seeking, whether it's outside or inside. And I think that's the other thing too. Be, be forgiving, be gentle, be kind, be loving. I Luckily, I feel like there's not as much pressure necessarily baked into this type structure about you know getting it right per se, but there is a, a desire, a deep, deep desire to be trustworthy. And when you're behave in two different kinds of ways and two different kinds of situations, you kind of have to realize like, how is anyone ever going to trust me if I can't be in integrity with my own inner sense of guidance? Like I want this so desperately, but I, it causes me to act out in such a way that I'll never get what I'm actually after. I wouldn't trust someone acting like me. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to copy Deanna and do that smooth pitch. I'm like, talking about love and compassion and holding truly 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 though I did find that to be true in this course and I thought it was exceptional and I will be completely honest and say that I was skeptical and I'm like I know Milton I know what what he's capable of but I still you know I didn't know everybody else who was in the class and how it it, didn't see the way of the lands and also I'm like even though I know Milton I'm like I don't know that like necessarily creating a virtual space is you know we'll see how this goes and I I had defies description I'm like you have to experience it and even if you don't experience if you're on the fence and you miss your chance because you get trapped in a doubt loop and you end up not applying on time to join the next cohort take something do something engage in some kind of enneagram experience with a group 
we can read the books all day. We can look at the compare and contrast charts. You can take every single test. None of it is going to come to life until you enter this type of space. And I would recommend Milton's because I'm like, I've vetted it, okay? <laughs> From one six to any other sixes or any other type that sometimes questions things. Milton is a beautiful beacon of his values and his intellectual integrity his magnificent synthesis of all of the, the approaches, as I feel like Zara and Deanne both mentioned, I, when I said early on, Milton has a unique approach. And like, that's what it is. It's that as, and I think it's a gift of his type structure, honestly, that it's like someone already went and did all the work for you. They did all the research. So come and take advantage of it. It's a smorgasbord of knowledge. Come head types, eat, feast, feast. And there's stuff for for the body and the heart as well. But I will say, especially, I feel like anytime anybody was off in the chats being like, I'm having a hard time keeping up, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm right there with you. So it is exactly our pace. <laughs> Fellow head types, it is a treat. And I do think that there is a special, yeah, there's, a, there's something special about learning from someone who's coming from a similar perspective to you in the Enneagram work, I think. So I know I got a lot about being taught by one of my someone who's right next to me on the circle um and that's a very ah it's just the most delicious most delicious thing <laughs> wow thank you thank y'all so much oh my goodness i got this big old smile uh it's a perfect way to end my day for real it's been a long day Thank you all so much. Uh, so that's all we have for this episode. Remember, you can support by going to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram and become a Patreon supporter. Podcasting is not free for podcasters, but it is for listeners. And if you want to support this podcast, you can go there uh, and support. And that would be a way. Also, you can contact me and get some possible discounts coming up. And you will know about the events that I'll be speaking at as well. Also, I do have a book coming out uh, called Motivate, Elevate, and Ameliorate. It is not currently in pre-order status, but it will be before soon. So just keep notice and keep stock of that. I have a couple events coming out. You can find out about those speaking engagements at kaizencareers.com. And besides that, if you feel yourself getting triggered by something and you're about to go crazy or rogue, take a deep breath, slow down, pause, and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Do It For The Gram podcast editing and mixing is done by Saw and Sign. Information will be in the show notes.